us this morning and to those of you tuning in online through our live stream, thanks so much for tuning in, amen. Uh, this month is already the month of July. You know, uh, yesterday as I began to understand that we are in the month of July, I thought that I was the only person that that feel like time goes by so fast. How many of you feel that way, right? But this morning when Sharon was sharing in our prayer meeting, I realized that I wasn't the only one that felt that way. It turns out that everybody felt, uh, you know, time is uh, flying so fast. You know, I still remember uh, when I was carrying uh, my first baby child home from the hospital, and very soon now I have to let him go to college. That's how fast time is, you know. Uh, it's crazy. So this month of July, we are kicking off another sermon series. This is called Handling Conflicts. You know, how many of you like that, right? I know. Uh, many people misunderstood, especially for Christians, they thought that when you are having conflict, you are a bad person. But actually, conflict is something that you cannot avoid. Everybody will experience conflict. Conflict wasn't a you know? Uh, so as a Christian, we do experience conflict, and conflict can be a good thing as long as we manage it well, okay? So I have a few. Oh, and also this coming month, this July, we have a lot of exciting things coming up because we have uh, two guest speakers. Next week, we have Pastor Charles Nehemiah uh, from uh, GBE Church in Indonesia will be speaking with us. And then the following week, we have Pastor John Paul Specker from Pittsburgh, you know, our ministry buddies. He will be here too. And then he also will be our speaker for the youth retreat coming up in July. Yeah, a lot of exciting things coming up. Uh, in fact, yesterday, uh, no, not yesterday, on Friday, uh, the youth uh, having their care groups, and they had so much fun. Those youth, I saw in the photos, you know, uh, they lost, I heard that they lost a couple of volleyballs. Uh, they threw it from, I don't know, the, the fifth floor or how many floor down. Uh, so, yeah, so the moral of the story is don't play volleyball on the fifth floor of the building. <laughs> Yeah, but they were having so much fun. I, I can tell that. And then at the end of the month, we will have a wonderful brothers that's been with us for so many years that's going to debut uh, in, in his preaching uh, ministry, which is Erwin Analao, guys. Yeah. So July, there's a lot of exciting things coming up. So, uh, and I'm very excited for that. So today, I want to share a few, uh, a few uh, saying uh, to kind of start this handling the conflict uh, 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 sermon series. So, next slide, please. It says this. This is by Ronald Reagan. He says, Peace is not the absence of conflict. It is the ability to handle conflict by peaceful means. How true is that, isn't it? And then the next one is an unknown. It says, If you care about the relationship, cool down before you speak. Because when you blurt, you hurt. Isn't that cool? So, Hey, come on, uh, parents, husbands, wife, friends, you know, when you are at the heat of the moment, I think it's best to, for you to step back, take a deep breath before you blurt. Because if not, when you blurt, you hurt. The next one is, uh, is another good one. It says, anger is one letter short of danger. <laughs> Isn't that good? It's so funny. Uh, next one. Anger expressed in a healthy and positive way means that we channel emotional anger towards resolution, not attack. So conflict can be a good thing. So today we want to talk about the title of today's sermon is, It's okay to be angry, but. It's okay to be angry, but. Okay? Uh, one day a husband were, uh, were wondering because every time they had a fight, you know, husband and wife had a fight, the wife always stepped away and cleaned the toilet. 
So the husband was curious. He said, honey, I'm kind of curious because every time we get into a fight, you always, you know, you always never fight back, but you always retreat yourself to the bathroom and you clean the toilet. How do you have that self-control? He said, oh yeah, that's easy. Because every time we had a fight and I'm angry with you, I go to the restroom and I clean the toilet with your toothbrush. I will always clean my, my toothbrush after this. <laughs> so conflicts happens, and we cannot avoid it 100%, right? Conflict do not mean that you are a bad person, even Christians too. You know, when you have conflicts, when you are angry, it does not mean that you are not a good Christian, okay? It just means that you are human, that you have emotion, that you have a story, right? Every one of us have a story, Right? How you are upbringing, uh, you know, how the, your parents upbring you, how, you know, your, the life circumstances. Maybe you, you went through difficult times during your childhood. Maybe you are like me, you know, when I was eight years old, my dad and mom sent me to Singapore. So my life story is different from your life story. So every one of us have a life story that carry with you and give you that presumption in your mind. So that whenever people tell you something, you already have a story that makes with that communication. You understand? So sometimes that creates miscommunication. For example, you know, there's these two daughters. You know, the dad uh, likes to compare these two daughters suddenly. Suddenly, right? How many of you parents like to compare your kids, but suddenly? So basically, the dad and uh, uh, the older daughter is very athletic, very good at baseball. But the younger daughter is not that good, but, he, you know, she's keeping up. So the dad is trying to compare the daughter. But one day when they were playing baseball, the dad said the same exact thing, same word by word to the older daughter and same word by word to the younger daughter. But how they receive it is completely different. The older daughter, when they received that same words, she was very encouraged. She said, oh, thank you so much, Dad, for that tips. I will, I will learn it. I will, I, will, I will practice it according to what you said. Well, the younger daughter said, Dad, you don't love me. You always complain about me. You always criticize about how I, I hit my baseball. The same words, exactly the same words are being said to the two daughters, but one daughter take it very positively, but the other daughter take it very negatively. Why? Because each and every one of us has a life story that to begin with. We are not a blank slate. We have something that came with us. Maybe you were bullied when you were little. Maybe you were abused. Maybe somebody said things that hurt you. And now something, when being said to you, it triggers you. Right? So something uh, triggers us. And that's why we cannot avoid conflict. We cannot avoid miscommunication. We cannot avoid being angry. What does the Bible say about anger? Can Christians be angry? Is angry itself sin? Let's take a look at the Bible in Ephesians chapter 4. I think it's good to just go back to the Word of God and let the Bible answer those questions, right? Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26. And as you guys know, if you've been around and I've just settled for a few years, you know the fav my favorite version, right? Which is the MSG version, of course. <laughs> so, Ephesians 4.26, MSG version. Go ahead and be angry. You do well to be angry, but, but don't use your anger as fuel for revenge. And don't stay angry. Don't go to bed angry. 
and don't give the devil that kind of foothold in your life. If you cannot control your anger, the devil will use and control your anger for you. Therefore, do not allow the devil to put a foothold in your life through your anger. Okay, so it is, is it okay to be angry? Absolutely. Christians, are you okay to be angry? Yeah. The Bible said it's okay to be angry. So if you see me angry once in a while, it's okay. Don't judge me. He said, how can pastor not be angry? Your pastor is robot? Maybe one of these days, your pastors will be an AI robot. Okay? Yeah, I just saw in the news. Uh, now, nowadays, the newscaster, you guys know the newscaster, is going to be replaced by AI robot. Which kind of makes sense because they just sit there and then they just talk, right? Maybe like pastors too. You know, one of these days, they will have a robot that walks and talks. Okay? Then I don't have any more job after this. <laughs> And then continue in Ephesians, uh, Ephesians 4.26 uh, in the NIV version, it says, In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. Anger is a dangerous emotion precisely because it can spin out of control. Right? I mean, it's okay to be angry, but when you stay angry and you react to that anger emotion, that is the danger because you could do something that could be regretful for the rest of your life, okay? So I want us to take a look at a story in the Bible to show you how anger unchecked can be so destructive. And this is taken from Genesis 34. Genesis 34 is a story about Jacob's family, okay? In this story, Jacob's daughter, his name is Dinah, uh, was actually raped and defiled by a name called Sechem, okay? Because of the wrong and seriousness of his mistake, Sechem told his dad, who in turn went to meet with Jacob, Dinah's uh, father, and asked for his daughter to be married to his son. And this is found in Genesis 34, verse 8 to 12. Let's read it, okay? Hamar said to them, My son Sechem has his heart set on your daughter. Please give her to him as his wife. Intermarry with us and give us your daughters and take our daughters for yourself. You can settle among us. The land is open to you. Live in it, trade in it, acquire property in it. Then Sechem said to Dinah's father and brothers, he said, let me find favor in your eyes and I will give you whatever you ask. So basically, he felt guilty. He went back and asked for, for I, I don't think he asked for forgiveness, but he asked for a resolution. Okay, instead of forgiveness, he actually asked for resolution. He said, find favor in, in, in your eyes. I will give you whatever you ask. Make the price for the bride. How much do you want for your daughter? Oops. I don't know how many dad who has a daughter that has a price for your daughter. I hope not, right? This is 21st century. Okay. Uh, make the price for the bride and the gift I am to bring as great as you like. I'll pay whatever you ask me. Only give me the young woman as my wife. But Dinah's brothers made a counter-proposal. So the, the, uh, the, the older brothers made a counter-proposal. He said, okay. He said, instead of asking what I will accept from you by money, by gift, how about I propose that you and all of the men in your city to be circumcised? And because Sechem was so guilty and he, he wants to take this woman to be the wife, they agreed. So Sechem went back to the city and he said, all men now, you have to be circumcised. Ouch. All the men said, ouch. 
<laughs> but, but I don't know what made this man agree to be circumcised. But to cut the long story short, because we want to go out for lunch, is that they did circumcise all of the men. Now, verse 25. So after the man all has been circumcised, three days later, while all of the men were still in pain, Two of Jacob's sons, Simeon and Levi, Dinah's brothers, took their swords and attacked the unsuspecting city, killing every male. They put Hammer and his son Sacom to the sword and took Dinah from Sacom's house and left. The son of Jacob came upon the dead bodies, looted the city where their sisters had been defiled, and they seized their flocks and herds and donkeys and everything else of theirs in the city and out in the fields. They carried off all of their wealth, all of their women, all of their children, taking as plunder everything in the house. Wow! The brothers' anger was justified. It's okay to be angry. Your sisters were defiled. Your sisters was raped. You have the right to be angry. But their action, their revenge was so unjustified. Don't you think? I mean, if you continue reading in, in the later part of Genesis, you know that that circumstances actually caught up with Simeon and Levi. They, was, they were not able to fulfill God's purpose in their life because of what they did here in Genesis 34. So I don't know how many of you have been in that anger and that anger and your reaction to that anger made you regret for the rest of your life. Okay? How many of you watched the Oscar? Right? Uh, take a look at this photo. <clears throat> okay, before I tell the story, how many of you have no clue what this photo is about? Every one of you know. Don't, don't be shy. If you don't know, I will explain it to you. Everybody know, right? Basically, um, uh, Chris Rock was uh, bashing, you know, talking bad about Will Smith's wife, saying that, you know, she, uh, she has this very weird fashion uh, ideas of uh, making her head bald and all that stuff. You know, uh, in fact, actually, uh, Jada, Jada Smith actually had a sickness, alopecia or something like that. You know, it's a medical term that she is balding actually. So she is having a medical issue and Chris Rock did not know about it maybe. And, she made, and he made fun of, uh, of Jada, Will Smith White. And what did Will Smith did? He, he ran up to the stage and he starts slapping Chris Rock. Okay. Uh, even though the joke was inappropriate, I think Will Smith had a justified anger. I mean, he, of course, he should be angry. Jada should be angry. But I think his reaction is, is kind of inappropriate, right? And as you can tell, after that incident, the news are, are against uh, Will Smith, right? I, I even talked to Kelsey. I was like, why is it people so, so harsh to Will Smith? Isn't Chris Rock was the one who actually told the joke? Right? Isn't it appropriate? I mean, it's an appropriate reaction, I think, to slap him, right? I mean, I probably will have slapped him too. Uh, why would people mean to Will Smith and not as mean as Chris Rock? I learned, you know, people can do things to you, but how you react will determine the outcome of that conflict, 
right? You cannot control what people will do to you. You cannot control how people say to you. You cannot control how they will behave. But your reaction will determine the outcome of that conflict. So I, that's why I think the pe people are very mean to Will Smith. People reacted to Will Smith's reaction because that was so inappropriate. So I want to say these few things, okay? I want to give you some tips for managing anger, okay? <clears throat> As you guys know, when I was younger, I had an anger problem. <laughs> I know some of you have heard the story. I have anger problem. You know, I still remember when I first uh, learned how to drive and I began to drive on my own. I went back to Indonesia from Singapore. I usually went to pick up my brothers, you know, my younger brother's school. And you know those people, you know, in Indonesia, when uh, in the school compound on the street, they usually have street vendors. You know, people selling goldfish, selling meatball, uh, and all these wonderful stuff, toys. They, they have all these uh, uh, street vendors outside of the school. You guys know that, right? Uh, so I came driving to pick up my brothers, and you know what all of these vendors said about me? He said, the crazy man. I'm the madman. Yeah, because sometimes it depends. Someday I'm very nice. I will, I will roll slowly to pick up my brother. Someday I will go crazy. I will honk from blocks away because somebody upset me. Somebody cut me out of a few blocks away. And I'm like, you know, like honking, like, and I'm like, and all these kids are trying to cross the road. And I'm like, and so all the vendors, they're like, be careful, the madman is here. We don't know, we did not know what's going to happen to him, you know. Someday he's nice, someday he will say hi, someday he will, he's, going to, he's going to kill any of these students. <laughs> so I understand when I talk about anger, okay, because I had an anger problem. You know, it got so bad one day, I had a fight, a big fight with my dad, okay. Okay, I, you can ask him, maybe I'm, I'm wrong, you know, but I felt like I wasn't in the, in the wrong. He, I think he was in the wrong, okay? And I was trying to defend myself because he kind of accused me of something and I was trying to defend. But in that defense, he got heated up, voice raised up a few notch, I raised up a few notch, and then I raised up to the max of my notch. I don't know what else to yell at him. And so I took a hammer, okay? I took a hammer and in my mind, I'm going to shut him out. I'm going to hit my dad with that hammer, okay? I'm going to kill him. <laughs> but thankfully, my cousin was there. And my cousin was like holding on to, to dear life. He said, please, Irwan, calm yourself down. Take a deep breath. Take a deep breath. And fortunately, I was able to calm myself down, let go of the hammer. And thankfully, today, my dad's still well and alive, okay? So anger was my issue when I was much younger. I know you don't believe me, right? When you look at me like this, okay? This is not man's effort. This is Holy Spirit, okay? So I always pray to the Holy Spirit, don't depart from me. Because if the Holy Spirit depart from me, I will look different. Sometimes the Holy Spirit departed from me. Especially, especially when I land in Sukarno Hatta Airport. The moment I land in Sukarno Hatta Airport, the Holy Spirit said, bye. And then, what happened to me? The devil in me came out. Because in Sukarno Hatta International Airport, 
people did not do not know how to line up. I was, it's like, the passport control was over there, so I was moving towards there and hoping that there are six lanes. I'm hoping that there will be six lines. There is no six lines. There is one big line. So I was like, okay, fine. One big line, maybe they will call. And then, you know, like over here in DMV, you have one big line and they will call to counter six, counter seven. But in Indonesia, they don't do that. So I was standing here with my wife and my, my little kids at the time. The more I wait, the further away I'm from the passport control. <laughs> because people are whoop, whoop, whoop. And I'm like, why am I further and further away? And that's when the Holy Spirit will leave me temporarily. And then, and then I start pushing my way to the front too. I Indonesianize myself. You know? So I was waiting. I'm almost there, you know? And then this lady cut in front of me. And I was like, excuse me? And she said, excuse me? And she, I'm like, what's the deal? I was like, miss, you cut the line. And she looked at me and she just stand there. I'm like, what is the deal with this Indonesian? Like, you have no guilt? No guilt. I guess that's part of the culture. It's like whoever goes first, whoever will win. So that's why the Holy Spirit will leave me. And then the poof, 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 and then I become the devil again. You know? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, okay? I'm not kidding, but yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. But you understand, if to those of you who have ever, you know, to the Sukano Hata International Airport, you understand me, lah, you know? I, I went there during the COVID, you know? Uh, and and uh, at that time, when you came through the Jakarta airport, you have to register for COVID protocol, okay? Which is kind of oxymoron. Because that registration protocol was supposed to be to make the country safe. But instead, there are hundreds of us, like side by side. Yes, don't cough at me because this is COVID protocol, you know? And then I have to wait for half an hour just to get into the stamp. Because why? People again, like, again, I'm moving backward now. And then a few ladies like... <coughs> I'm like, great. COVID protocol. Okay. So I want to give you some tips since I do have experience with anger. Okay, so this is legit. Okay, number one. Okay, strive to understand the reason behind the other person's action. Remember, I told you that every one of us sometimes have a life stories. We have our own assumption, we have our own trigger words. So sometimes that trigger words might be the cause of this anger. Strive, okay, I'm not saying that you will be perfectly understanding the other person, but strive, which means that you try. Try to understand the reason behind the other person's action. Did they misunderstand, uh, misunderstand something I said? Is, is it because of miscommunication? Did I mention trigger words? Did I say something inappropriate? Sometimes you just have to step back and try to understand why that person reacted that way, right? Number two is practice emotional control. Uh, and this happened to parents, right? Parents of toddlers. I understand you, man. 
Okay, but sometimes uh, the best way for parents not to hurt your children is to practice emotional control. So parents, before you react and you start yelling and hitting your kids, I think it's best to take a two steps back and take a deep breath three times and then re-engage. Okay, so parents, if you have toddlers, practice that. Before you hit, take a three step backs. Then you re-engage, okay? Because Kelsey and I learn, you know, we are a big supporter of using your rod to discipline your kids, okay? But you use your rod to discipline your kids. You don't use your rod to pour out your wrath on your kids. You understand what this, the difference, right? So you come and engage, you discipline your kids with the rod. The Bible said it's, it's good. You know, you spare the kids with the rod, you lose the, the kid, right? So, but the way you use your rod, it has to be controlled, okay? You don't want to hit out of anger. You know, I know a lot of Asian kids here had very bad experience, right? You know, with your father, you know. Uh, I don't know if you have a father that, that's like my father, you know, when he got angry, he can use anything in his body to hit me. Belt, you know, or something in, yeah, to, to hit you, you know. But take a three step back and then engage, okay? Practice emotional control. Number three is avoid stonewalling during conflicts. Do you guys know what's a stonewalling? Stonewalling is basically shutting down in the middle of a conflict discussion and withhold any verbal and nonverbal response to what's being said. Basically, you remain silent and you walk away. It seems in the beginning that stonewalling is good. It seems like you can avoid conflict with stonewalling, but no. That is not a good way to avoid or to manage conflict. Because stonewalling, if either party practice stonewalling for a very long time, in the end, you will have a cold war. Husband and wife. You know, and, and Kelsey shared this story before too. Um, in, in the family conference, his dad and mom, her dad and mom used to bicker, you know, fight. And they, they quarrel and they yell at each other year after year after year. And then one day, they don't talk anymore. And you think that the silence is very nice, right? The silence, no. The silence wasn't nice because why? Because each party has already given up on the relationship. Instead of having a conflict, they are having a cold war. So stonewalling is not good. I think if, the, if you think that the discussion or the argument is too much for you, it is okay to break away from that discussion temporarily. So, for example, if you are engaged and you are in a fight and it, it feels like too much, emotion runs too high, it's okay to like step back and say, hey, you know what? I don't think we can handle this right now. Both of us are too too high tense. Can we come back in eight hours? Can we come back in 12 hours? Can we come back in 24 hours? Okay? It's okay to just tell the other party, say, hey, you know what? I can't, I can't talk anymore. Let's disengage for 24 hours. If you need more than 24 hours, please, please communicate it to the other party. <laughs> Don't stay silent for seven days straight. Okay? If you cannot come back in 24 hours, at least notify the other party. Say, hey, you know what? 
I'm still not ready. Give me another 24 more hours. I think that's a good practice, right? A husband and wife, I know you guys are laughing because some of you might be already practicing this or somebody, some of you might be saying, oh, that, I think that's a good practice to start doing it from tonight, you know? We found that if a married couple has stonewalled many times, then they soon will turn away from each other to avoid any more conflicts. And then they will get into a cold war. Over the years, this couple have slowly grown emotionally distant and disconnected. It seems that they don't have any conflicts, but that doesn't mean they are at peace with each other. So I think learn to disengage and engage. Disengage and engage. If especially when emotion runs high, disengage yourself and say, you know what, let's not, let's not continue. Give me 24 hours, we'll come and talk. The other thing also that I learned is that if they are repeating conflicts, if they are repeating mistakes, repeating problems, the best way to manage those conflicts is during good times. We always advise people, talk about this issue during good times. Don't talk when you are already at a high emotional tension. Talk when you have a date night, saying, hey honey, can we take a moment and let's talk about this issue, because this issue has been repeated many, many times, and let's talk about it. I think it's more effective when it is during good times to talk about those issues, right? I know, I know, I know. I know, couples, sometimes we don't want to talk those sticky issues during good times, <laughs> because then it becomes, you know, the, the good times become bad times. <laughs> but believe me, I think it is much more controlled if you say it in good times. Same with parents too. Parents, if you want to talk to your children uh, and, and teach them, don't teach them at the, at the heat of the moment, but teach them when everything is calmed down. Okay, because our kids sometimes, they don't listen when you are at the heat of the moment. Okay, number four, refrain from suppressing your anger. Refrain from suppressing your anger because it eventually may explode. I don't know how many of you are like that, especially men. Okay, men usually we suppress our anger, you know. That's why you can see that when a man and a woman go on a on a one on one, you know, between woman friend and woman friend, when they sit woman versus woman, they sit across from each other, and they talk. If you watch men, you know, you know that's why the bar is designed that way, because the bar used to be designed for men, you know. <laughs> yeah, because when men talk, they don't talk face to face. Talk side to side. How many of you have ever noticed that? Men, when you go out with another man, usually you don't sit across, you sit. Because men is very uncomfortable in expressing their feelings. Yeah, that's why it's better to talk. Say, hey man, I'm so mad. But they don't want to feel like I'm so mad. You know? But women, like, I'm so mad. Help me, you know, face to face. But man is like, oh, I'm so mad, you know. Like, and the friend is like, you mad with? <laughs> Look at me, you know. But don't suppress your anger. The other thing also about men, and maybe women, okay, but I know I, I, I try to generalize because I'm a man, so I understand. Man has very limited vocabulary. How many of you men understand what I'm talking? Oh, wife, you know what I mean, you know. How are you, honey? Good. Anything special? No. Anything you want to tell me? No. How's your day? Good. Good, bad. Good, bad. That's it. Yes, no. Four vocabs. <laughs> and whenever man gets angry or get, 
you know, emotional things, they only have one word to describe it. I'm angry. True? And if you don't know how to express your feelings or your emotion, it's very difficult for your spouse to help you. Right? Because, man, I'm angry. Angry because of what? So, I learned over the past few years that there is this... uh, soul words or feeling words that you can use. So, uh, maybe the social media team, if you can post something and then put a, a link where you can find, it's actually from Focus on the Family. Uh, actually, we, uh, some of you did this class too, the How We Love class, right? You have the soul words. Uh, man, I think it's good for you to print out those soul words and paste it on your refrigerator. Okay? Because... Because it will help the husband or the wife to understand how you are truly feeling. For example, okay, this is just an example. Did I put it there, the example? Oh, no, no example, okay. For example, okay, if a man say angry, actually, he might not just be angry. It could be he's annoyed. That is another word, right? Or it could be he feel controlled. That is a different word. Or he could be feeling manipulated. It's another different word. He could be feeling furious. He could be feeling irritated. He could be feeling provoked. He could be feeling frustrated. And all of those actually are words that talks about angry. Look at how many words that you can use to express yourself. So if you want, you know, print it out, a man, especially to men and women who has limited vocabulary to express their feeling, it's best. So when you feel and you want to express it, Scroll down. <laughs> I'm annoyed. So at least like, okay, who annoyed you? What annoyed you, right? I mean, at least the conversation can be more useful rather than say, I'm angry. Angry at what? Right? So I just want to give you some helpful tips. You can find it in Focus on the Family. We try to post it on our social media, uh, the link. You can download it. Number five, last one. Seek help. Seek help. Some of you might be having anger issue so many years that you cannot overcome it. Seek help. Because there are counselors, there are therapists that can help you maneuver through your process so that you can overcome your anger problem. You know, sometimes we can trick ourselves into thinking our, our anger is godly when it is not actually pleasing to the Lord. Being honest with other Christians is also essential in differentiating between godly and ungodly anger. Sometimes your leaders, your pastors, your trusted friends can tell you whether your anger is godly or ungodly. If you are mad today, confess this anger to your godly friend, to your godly leader who can help discern whether it is justified or not. Don't seek the good of the person with whom you are angry. One final tip for husband and wife. Husband and wife. If you are angry with your husband or your wife, okay, don't tell your friends your anger towards your spouse. Why? For example, this is example, this is nobody's case, okay? This is just a random case. Oh, you know, my husband always very abusive to me. He always say bad things about me whenever he... He is angry. He always lash out all these bad words to me. You know, I'm very fearful of my life. And then all these friends in the coffee shop listening, it's like, oh no, are you safe? Are you not safe? And then weeks later, they get together with the husband 
And guess what happened to the friends? The friends will look at the husband like, even though actually after that conversation, she went home and actually has already reconciled with the husband. They're fine. They already talk it out. Everything is good. But her friends did not know that they actually already reconciled. The friend's perception must be like, oh, the husband is bad. The husband is abusive. The husband is scary. She is in danger. She is fearful. So, ladies and gentlemen, don't share your dirty laundry to a bunch of friends. Always talk to somebody that can contribute to the solution. Your best friend might not be the right friend to talk to. Because your best friend is not impartial. Your best friend is biased. Okay? And don't talk to your mother. Because your mother, which is your spouse-in-laws, she will not help your spouse. Because she is also not impartial. How many of you know that? You know, wife come home like, Mama! Tony did this to me. And then the mom, how dare she touch my daughter? Even though the context of the, of, the, of the fighting might not be like that. But of course, mama bear, right? Mama bear always protect. So, ladies and gentlemen, don't talk to your mama too. Because your mama is not fair. And, and you don't want to create tension between mama you know, and son-in-law or daughter-in-law, you know, you are making the in-laws to be the outlaws. So don't talk to your mamas. Talk to somebody that can be fair, that, can, that has the boldness to say the truth. Okay? So if you come to me and you ask me for my opinion and my advice, please, I will tell you the truth even if you don't like it. Because it is good for you. Okay? Let's all stand. I'm, I think I'm enough. Otherwise, people will be angry at me. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> I want to summarize this before we partake on the Holy Communion. Number one is strive to understand the reason behind the other person's anger, the other person's uh, emotion. Number two, practice emotional control. Take a deep breath. Step back, take a deep breath. Number three, avoid stonewalling, which means that don't think that you don't talk to each other means that everything is at peace. It might not be, okay? <clears throat> don't, don't just walk away. Refrain from suppressing your anger. If you're angry, if you have emotion, express those emotions. Talk to people, right? Don't suppress it because one day it might explode and it might cause a lot more damage. Okay, and then number three is seek help. Find the help that you need. It could be a therapist, it could be a pastor, it could be a trusted leader. Remember, those that you seek help must be able to contribute to your solution. If, those, if that person cannot contribute to your solution, don't talk to that person. Especially your best friend, your mama, your papa. No. Okay, talk to somebody that can really be impartial and fair to speak the truth to your situation. Amen? Sounds good?
So let's practice this, okay? Uh, roommates, housemates, girlfriend, boyfriend, husband, wife, parents, children. Let's practice that tonight. Tonight, okay? If you, husband and wife, have not talked to each other for the past months, let's try to begin talking again, okay? If you don't know how to express your emotion, download that that feelings words. It will help you a lot, okay? Let's prepare our hearts. Okay, let's take a deep breath. Because what we're going to do next is we're going to partake on the Holy Communion. Jesus has a righteous anger too. What the devil did to you, Jesus was angry about that. But what did Jesus did to that anger? Of course, he smacked the devil a few times, but he actually laid down his life for you so that you can have life so that you don't get involved in that emotion of conflicts by his death you are set free by his death you receive salvation to those of you who are uh, ministering in the holy communion can you just come forward thank you